All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us. I hope everybody had a good weekend. I know I did. Besides getting smoked in my poker poker tournament that I have with my friends once a month in the winter that my buddy puts on, I got my aces cracked, Tim, which is super un, uh, super annoying. Aces on the flop. He has king queen, and he gets trip trip kings. Annoying. Other than that, it was a good weekend. What about you? Uh yeah, good weekend. Got another haircut, and uh, yeah, didn't do do didn't do a ton. A lot of walking with Levi, a lot of watching hockey. What's your crazy conspiracy theory about your hair again? It's, it's oh. growing because of the salt water in North Carolina. <laughs> no, but I I honestly wouldn't have even realized this unless until you pointed it out. But how often I get haircuts, and this is probably number seven or ish since I got here in January, maybe eight, and. uh yeah, apparently I thought it was like the climate change, not climate change, but like the warmer weather down here. But it's because I've been taking all these vitamins and supplements this year that makes your hair grow faster. But someone else mentioned it at work and I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly what's happening to me. So now that's you know. That's not true. That's not true. It is true. Hair it doesn't grow faster because you take vitamins or else everybody who is bald would take vitamins. And their that's, hair not, that's not how it works. You're well, saying yeah. that's how it works. You're, those are not the same thing, John. It doesn't make hair magically grow, but if your hair is growing, it's going to be a little bit faster if you're taking supplements. No, I, I think okay. that's – I'm going to fact check that right now and say mm, false. False. That's okay. not true. Okay. I actually got – it's funny. I got – when I was playing – I've talked about this before. I was very self-conscious about my hair just because I would take my helmet off a lot. My hair was thinning. My dad's got thin hair. I got a prescription for Propecia when I played for, I don't know what team, the Hawks or whatever. And you have to get an NHL exemption to have that medication because it has some kind of, I don't, I don't want to say steroid, but something in it that is illegal. Maybe it's illegal internationally. Maybe it's illegal in the NHL, but you have to get an exemption from the league. Because I remember, remember Roberto Luongo got teed up for something, something on his international thing. He's like, it's for my Propecia. 
and he had this luscious lock. So I, I didn't end up taking the Propecia. I'm one of those guys who I, I get nervous when I take a, an Advil. I just don't like it. So I got the I got the whole prescription. I got the box. They sent it to me, a couple-month subscription for it, and I just didn't take it. I just threw it out. It just sat on my shelf, and then I just tossed it. I'm so non-committed. I just I get so nervous taking that stuff. So I didn't take it. Obviously, look at my hair. It's thinning. It's not good. I should have taken it. You have Hindsight. nice hair. You have nice hair, John. It's not too late. Not well. Apparently, all I need to do is just start taking some vitamin C, and it'll start growing like a weed. I'll be Rapunzel over here, just with luscious, long, thick hair. I need a haircut every two weeks. Is that what you're saying? I think the science would back that up, buddy. No, science. That's that's not true. For our listeners, don't write us because that's that might be the dumbest thing you've ever said. Well, someone at work was talking about athletic greens and how it like made her hair better or something like that, which is like that all-in-one green diet supplement, which is not an ad. I've tried to get them on the show, but uh, but uh, yeah, I think there's something to be there to be said. There, all-in-one so. green diet. It's like athletic greens is like a supplement that has all the nutrients and vitamins and stuff you need with your diet. You drink like a cup every day, basically. It's like a green powder you mix into water and. And whatever it was working is helping her hair. And so I think there's something to be said for that. For those who have been keeping track of my haircuts this year. I hate that stuff. It's so stupid, all of it. I'm sorry. Take Mix this powder with water and drink it in the morning, and then you'll feel better. You'll How about this? Go to sleep eight hours a night. Have a decent diet throughout the day. And don't eat bad food. Bingo. I, I, I solved your problems. Maybe get some exercise three days a week. Jackpot. Give me give me $100 million. I just solved everyone's problems of why we're all fat and out of shape. I did it. I'm a genius. Don't eat sugar. Get a good night's sleep. Exercise a little bit. Oh, I'm, I'm amazing. Rather than these stupid diets. All these weird, like... Like they're just all people trying to make money. That's all it is. It, it's just all a joke. That's all. I when I hear people say this, I'm like, you're crazy. You're absolutely bonkers. But hey, you're drinking the Kool Aid, Tim. Sucking I'm all not taking. All you do is you just piss and piss all the vitamins down the drain. Your body retains like a little bit of them, and then everything else just go. My pee is purple. I wonder why. Go ask your doctor if, if you should be taking any vitamins or not. They're going to say yes every time, and they have no stake in the game. They're not selling it to you, but they know it's good for you. This is not a vitamin. Ho- Let's talk about hockey. Do you this honestly think I have a doctor that I go see? <laughs> I have not been to the doctor once since I retired. Not once. What about Whoa, the dentist? Sorry. I went, dentists are doctors. Don't even get me started if you call a dentist a doctor. I have good friends that are dentists, and they are idiots when it comes to anything else but dentistry. But are you getting your teeth looked at, or you just haven't seen anyone since you retired? Other than a dentist? Nobody. Why? I'm sick. Lay in bed, and then I get better. There. You would have... You would have done very well in like the Wild West or something. Or right now. Or I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't take vitamins. 
I don't. You know what? My my kids take vitamins. You know why? Because they're coated in sugar. They think they're candy. Yeah, the Flintstones. Not the Flintstones. They're the organic crap we buy from Costco. I didn't take vitamins growing up. I'm as big as a horse. I didn't touch one vitamin. All this stuff. It's all for money, Tim. That's all it's for. And it just, I don't want to see you go down that rabbit hole. Well, this week we're eating kale. That's it. Kale smoothies all week. And I'm going to lose four pounds. I'm going to crap green stuff forever. No, just eat normal. I've been saying a lot of bad words, pissing and crapping and stupids. It's not even my vibe. This stuff irks me. It irks me to no end. It's like, just eat normal. Go to bed. Exercise a little bit. Not a lot, just a little bit. You'll be amazed how good you'll feel. All right. What's next? What are we talking about? What You wanted to make a statement. And let's get away from this. In all seriousness, there was this player, Mitchell Miller. The Bruins signed him to an AHL deal. I didn't know anything about this. And I still don't know everything just because it's a messy situation. I... I didn't want to dive down that rabbit hole and just research everything that this kid's done. Anyways, all I know is the Bruins signed him and then everybody got upset. Nick Foligno made a statement. Their captain, Patrice Bergeron, made a statement. Gary Bettman came out and said, this guy's not playing in the NHL. You're a Bruins insider. You obviously are a fan of the team. You talk about them all the time. Can you enlighten us on this situation? I don't want to spend too much time on it. Because it is, it seems to be a really crappy situation. But what's going on with this Mitchell Miller and the Bruins, Tim? Yeah, I, less of a statement, but I do feel compelled to address this because, um, like I said, I, uh, you said, I'm not going to go into all the details because they're all over social media, the news articles. Go read that stuff. Go check his name on Twitter. Um, but because I am a fan of a team and I talk about the Bruins, you know, a good amount, I felt compelled to say something. And it's just an embarrassing weekend for the franchise. I didn't like the signing when they did it. I'm really glad they terminated it last night. But, like, they're in first place. They're one of the best cultures and locker rooms and leadership groups in the entire league. There was no reason for this. And at every step, they bungled it. Every time Neely or or Sweeney speak, they just make it worse. And so the fans made it very clear. The players, like you said, made it very clear how they felt about the signing. I hope the saga's over but it feels like a major blemish. And Neely even said this morning, it was a, maybe the worst decision he's made as an executive, um, which is just really disappointing. So, yeah, I felt embarrassed this weekend to to root for this team and to watch what they were doing. So hopefully it's over, but just really frustrating. And I am glad that the Bruins community came together and basically said, this is, this doesn't work for us. I mean, they terminated the contract, right? Last night, yeah. And actually he was asked about like the ramifications of that because of like – it's a legally binding contract. So it's like, does he, do they owe him money or is it, is it going to be a buyout situation? Is it a mutually agreed upon thing? And there's all the stuff about whether he was misleading the Bruins about the work that he was doing. And they never, they said they did all their due diligence, but they never talked to the victim's family. They never talked to the league. They never talked to the organization that he was supposedly working with to make himself better, which apparently they put out statements saying, yeah, we are not working with this kid. Like take our, take our name out of your, out of your press release. So just really, really strange, really disappointing. Um, I hate that it happened, but I'm glad that hopefully it's over. I agree. Moving on. Hopefully the kid, if, if everything is true, and obviously there's a lot of balls in the air, allegedly this and that, but yeah, if it's true, this guy just needs to go away. We don't need that kind of just person in the NHL. All right. 
moving on. What are we doing? We're talking about a couple teams we don't talk about very often. We get very focused on the the big market teams, obviously the Leafs, aforementioned Bruins, other teams, the Lightning, the teams who are you know in the news a lot, winning Stanley Cups, have dramatic players, always have the the Edmonton Oilers of the world, right, Tim? Well, we're gonna we're gonna switch it up this episode. We're gonna try. I'm desperately going to try to. We're gonna talk about teams we don't usually talk about. And then maybe round up with some Leafs talk at the end because we can't we can't go we can't go an episode without talking about our our favorite Toronto Maple Leafs. But you want to talk about a team that had massive expectations for this year? They went on a spending spree in the off season. They finally had their ducks in a row. This was a team that was supposed to take the next step. Their GM two years ago said, "We're not, we're we're not has-beens anymore. This is our year. We're we're not in rebuilding mode. We are gonna contend." Then they went out and just were terrible, absolutely awful, missed the playoffs for the umpteenth consecutive year. Not this year, though, Tim. They went out, and actually, I I was excited for this team coming into this season. In the offseason, they go out, they bring in Claude Giroux, they trade for Alex Dabrinkit, they go out, they finally get a goalie in Camp Talbot. Things were starting to look promising for the Ottawa Senators. Why is it all gone sideways? What's going on in Ottawa, Tim? Well, not only do they bring those two players in, but with a young core like that, you would expect them to get better every single year. What we've seen with the Sabres, for example, we've seen even now with Detroit, where another year of development for a young player and maybe an undersized player like Stutzla and, and Batherson and, and Shabbat, who's not really a young guy anymore, and, and Kachuk obviously leading the charge. And it's just not working. And Talbot was a big part of the offseason move they made. He missed the start of the season. He's only played two games but they still stink, John. They're four and seven. They're last in the Atlantic. They've lost the last five games in a row. And yeah, it's disappointing because you thought like the moves they made, the, the statement from their front office, the, you got to bring it on a contract year. He's only got two goals so far in the season. It's just, I, I don't know what to make of it because I, I would expect them to be, you know, not one of the leading teams in the, in the division or the conference, but more competitive than this. And so I think a big part of it is the goaltending. Hopefully Talbot being back will kind of settle things down back there. But Forsberg been taking the brunt of the games. I think he started nine games. Um, and he's not been great between the pipes or managing that workload, workload. Um, I think the offense is okay. They're, you know, the, the team as a whole is even for the year in terms of goals for and against Brady Kachuk's leading the charge with 16 points. And I saw a stat on Twitter of like, since, he signed that new contract last year. He's like first in time on ice and points and stat generated, all the advanced stuff. He's just like first or second for everything. He's doing everything for this team. And they have okay depth too. They've got five players that have nine or more points and includes guys like Batherson. They've got the Shane Pinto kid who's got six goals already. He's only 21 years old. They're really strong down the middle. But I think like a lot of the teams that we talked about that are struggling, it seems to be the defense and the goaltending. Yeah, goaltending is the biggest reason, I think. When you look at Cam Talbot going down was a big hit to this team. He was supposed to be the guy who just secured that position. Plug him in for 60, 65 games, and he's going to be a horse back there. He doesn't have to be great, but he's going to have to. He's going to save the pucks he's supposed to save. And I say that a lot. Goaltending is very hard, but what a coach, what a GM, what a team wants, what a defenseman wants is to be confident that the goalie will just make the saves that they should make. Yes, I know you're not going to make the two-on-one cross-ice save. You're not going to make the the breakaway save all the time. Maybe mix in a couple highlight reel saves every couple games. But for the most part, 
just be solid. Don't give up any soft ones. Don't get caught out of position. Don't turn the puck over. Just be a serviceable goalie. Cam Talbot goes down. Enter Anton Forsberg. You need to have a reliable backup who can hold the reins down if something happens to your starting goaltender. Anton Forsberg played nine games. He's three and six, Tim. His goals against average is almost four. It's 3.58. That is absolutely atrocious for an NHL goaltender. His save percentage is under nine. This is the reason why Ottawa, I think, is struggling. That being said, your high-end signings this offseason, you bring in Claude Giroux. You bring in Alex Dabrinkit. Claude Giroux, early returns are good. 10 points, 11 games. That's not bad. The guy's getting up there in age. Alex Dabrinkit. I know you love this kid. I love him too. He's only got two goals. He only has two goals. Say what you want about the assists. He has seven assists. When he's signed to the Ottawa Senators in the offseason, did they want him to come in and be a playmaker? They want him to come in and just really focus on passing the puck? No. The guy's supposed to score goals. He's supposed to get in his spot, and he's supposed to score goals. Right now, he's getting shots. He's, he leads the team and, sh- and throw pucks on net with 49. His shooting percentage is 4.1%. So something has to give. Either he was just getting high-quality chances in Chicago, which he might have been playing with Patrick Kane. I, I, I've said that before, the Patrick Kane effect. Or he's just not finding the back of the net. So something will give at – it has to. He cannot keep shooting the puck at 4.1%. When you look at his career totals – He's clipping along at 15% in his career. So he will score more goals. Cam Talbot will come back and play better than Anton Forsberg. So I don't think this will last for the Ottawa Senators. But boy, oh boy, what a way to start the season. I don't know. Can they dig out of this hole? We've seen teams do it before. But when is Dabrinka going to start scoring goals? When is Cam Talbot going to come back? And what what shape will he be once he regains, you know, the net? I don't think it's the defense's fault. Yes, Zaitsev is garbage. Shabbat, maybe he's not the defenseman that they they wanted him to be. But I think he's still a great defenseman. Where do you think this team lies to him? Do you think think they have to re-tinker with the defense? Or do you think this this is a good group that they can win with this team? I would expect them to be better, like like you said. And, I mean, the, the shooting percentage with Dabrinkit is a great example of, yeah, someone underperforming that. that you look at the metrics, it's like, okay, he's going to go off. He'll, he'll, he'll score a handful of goals down the stretch. But they, they're they not going to be a playoff team. They're not going to really be close. When you look at the, the wild card right now, I know it's early on, but, like, who are they going to pass? Pittsburgh, Washington, Buffalo, Islanders, Philly, Florida? Like, uh, maybe one or two of those teams if they have a really good stretch. But those – yeah, they're on the outside looking in from the very beginning. Unless they go on something historic like what the Blues did a handful of years ago, I think this is just this is going to be their season, and it's really disappointing. I'm sure they'll probably make things. If, you know, I wouldn't say they're an easy team to play against necessarily. I saw that with the Bruins played. I mean, like Kachuk is a hard player to play against, and these guys are skilled. There's a lot of talent, but yeah, I think it's just who they are. I, I, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but it's not working. Yeah, I, I, I'm not selling just yet on them. Uh, I do think they will improve, but it's tough to dig. You really have to, and this the Thanksgiving mark for all these teams, it's getting close. And once you hit that mark, it is hard to make up ground. We'll see, though. We'll see what happens. I, I, I'm not going to sell on them yet. They have too much 
they're too good. They have too much talent up front. If they could just get that goaltending situation figured out, it, it, it's too bad. It's too bad the injury of Cam Talbot. It's too bad Anton Forsberg. He's not a starting goaltender. You know, you can play some in, you can pop him in there for a couple games here and there, but what a luxury to have two good goaltenders in the league. Not a lot of teams have it, but what a luxury teams that have two solid goaltenders that can just start any one of them with confidence and be able to say, okay, we got our backup playing tonight. We're good. We're good. Ottawa doesn't have that situation. That's why they're struggling. I think that's the main reason. They need to have, I don't know, they need a goaltender to figure it out. All right, who else are we going to talk about? Another Canadian team, a little further west, a team that at the start of the season, I was just, I feel bad when I do this because uh, I'm negative inherently. Obviously, at the start of the show, I talk about diets, this and that, vitamins. I'm just a negative guy. The Winnipeg Jets, I don't know how you cannot be negative about this team for what they've done to us year after year, all the sky-high expectations. Just, I want them to succeed. I like the Winnipeg Jets. I like the way they play hockey. Every single year, I'm all in on the Jets. They're going to win. They're going to win the Cup. This is going to be their year. They have Look at the forwards they have. Look at the defense they have. And so coming into this season, I'm looking at the roster. I'm looking at their track record. I'm looking at the mess of what happens with their head coaches. He's firing. He doesn't want to this and that. It was a complete just mess. Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't want to play there. He wants to be gone. The back end was just a disaster last year. They didn't really do much to fix it. All of a sudden, they're winning hockey games. They're playing solid hockey. They're getting contributions from all over the place. And I look like a dummy because the Winnipeg Jets right now, as it stands, they're second in the Central. They're 7-3-1. Everybody's playing good. Nobody's playing great. Everybody's playing really good. Well, how do I get how do I get this wrong so bad? Because if you look at the Jets for the last three, four years, Tim, it's just disappointment, turmoil, nothing goes right for them. And the one year I say, you know what? This is what the Winnipeg's done. They throw it in my face the first 10 games of the season, and they're playing great hockey. Well, how do I mess this up? Well, I see actually a lot of similarities between this team and Ottawa because you look at like the roster and not really one player stands out to st- statistically. Josh Morrissey, a defenseman, is actually leading the team in points. He's got 10 assists plus a goal. But like Dubois playing okay, Scheifele's playing okay, Wheeler's playing okay. And talk about similar to Debrinkit, Kyle Connor only has two goals in the year. I think he scored 48 last year. And so this is the player that is way underperforming. And if you look at his advanced metrics, I think – He's very similar where his shooting percentage is not where it should be. The offensive chances are there. He's not burying, but he's going to. And even if like in fantasy, if you had drafted to Brinkett and Wheeler in the left wing, you'd be okay. I'm set. I'm solid. I get the best two, two out of the top eight in the league, but that's not working out so far. It's so great so far. But with a big difference between this team and Ottawa is the goaltending. You look at Connor Hellebuck. He's six and two, just about two goals a game, 936 save percentage. He's already has two shutouts for gosh sakes. And it's like, it's crazy because. He had a, a pretty bad down year last year compared to like his career averages and what he's been doing. He's been a workhorse. He's been a top X goalie in the league for so long. And he didn't look right last year. And like you said, I think most people were coming down on this team just based on the age, the the wheeler captaincy thing and the, the coach and just and now everything's kind of coming into place a little bit. And this division is wide open is the key to this whole thing. And then Hellebuck is playing very, very well between the pipes. So if this continues, I think they could be a dangerous team. 
Can they? Can, uh, it's it's so mind-numbing, this team. I, I just don't know. Can they be a good team? They, 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 they're winning every hockey game they play. They're beating good teams. It's not like they're just picking apart the Central Division and they're only playing bad teams. They're beating L.A. They're beating good teams. Is L.A. a good team? I don't know. But it's just frustrating. I, I don't know what to think. I guess when, what it boils down to, like you said, if you have Hellebuck, you can win. If he's on his game, his goals against expected, I was just trying to look it up, I know it's through the roof. I know this guy is better than most goalers in the NHL. There's a reason he's consistently ranked by the players as one of the best goaltender in the league. So, uh, yeah, it's just frustrating, these Winnipeg Jets. Like, where where was this? This is this is a team that frustrates me. Where was this three years ago when you had that star-studded defense? You know what I mean? So when, good. When yeah. you just had – you were loaded top to bottom. Absolutely loaded. Stasny was still there. You had Bufflin. You had Myers. You Truba. Had Truba. You had all of these elite, elite defensemen, and you still couldn't figure it out. So now you're throwing out Morrissey and Pionk, who are both really good, but then it just drops off fairly quickly. Brendan Dillon, buddy of mine, he's he's aged. He's a hard-nosed defenseman. And Nate Schmidt, maybe he's found his game. Didn't work out at all with the Vegas Golden Knights. So maybe he's found his game back in in Winnipeg. But Dylan DeMello, a serviceable guy, played with him, I believe, in San Jose as well. And Kyle Copa Bianco. Don't know anything about the kid, but gosh, it's frustrating for me, Tim. I like how this much. Team. Oh, what? How much would you attribute the whole thing with Wheeler get, removing the C and kind of doing a committee thing? Do you think that plays a factor in how the group is performing? No, this 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 is Hellebuck's team. That's all it is. This goes to show even more so that this team lives and dies by Connor Hellebuck. Wheeler's got eight points. Shifley has eight points. It's not like they're blowing team out, blowing teams out on the score sheet. They're winning tight games and they're winning them because they're goaltending. Yes, they're probably playing sound defensively. I'll be honest, I haven't watched many Winnipeg Jets games. But when you look at the scores, they're winning 3-2, they're winning 2-1, they're winning 3-2, they're winning 4 nothing. They're eking out these games because Hellebuck's just, he's a good goaltender. That's that's what I think their success, success boils down to. But maybe it is. Maybe Wheeler loses a C. Everybody's a little pissed off in the locker room, and they're just playing angry, playing with a little grit. Because I, I tell you what. Watching Winnipeg hockey the last four years, there wasn't a lot of emotion out there other than being ticked off going off the ice after a game. Then Wheeler's effing and Jeffing in the press. I'm like, well, show it on the ice, Blake. So good for them. Once Kyle Carner finds his game, if he can all of a sudden revert back to the guy he was last year and start scoring goals, this is a good team. They got a good two first lines and they have a decent defense. And then the thing that just glosses over everything that makes everything great is you have a good goaltender. You have a guy who can just steal you games. And that is Connor Hellebuck. So good for Winnipeg. You're making me look stupid. Everybody loves that. All right, Tim. Who else are we talking about? Yeah, one more team that has really surprised some people this year is the Seattle Kraken. They're 7-4-2 and two on the year. They've now won four in a row. They just beat Pittsburgh the other night, who is just continuing their downward spiral. I think, I mean, this is, we keep beating this drum, but it's the goaltending here has been really outstanding from Martin Jones, not a Connor Hellebuck's level, but 
He, I think this is expected to be Grubauer's team, and Jones has played well, really well for this new team. And I think he's, I mean, who would have thought the Kraken would win this many games early on? None of us. I think they, most of us had them earmarked for the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, and here they are among the top teams in their division. Tim, is this a case of them just playing subpar opponents? Because I'm looking at the Ross, they beat Pittsburgh, they beat the Wild, the Goodwin versus Calgary, but then they play Pittsburgh and they beat them. Is this a, is this a case of that, or are the Seattle Kraken legit? Because I don't know. Because then they beat Colorado, so they're. I I again, I don't know much about the Seattle Kraken. Are they a legit team? That's what I want to know because they play in the dumpy to Pacific Division. A division everybody knows, I think, is a joke, a wasteland of talent. A division that I thought the Oilers, the Flames, were going to walk away with. Don't look now. Those two teams aren't even in the playoffs if it ended today. Edmonton's staggering. Calgary is just floundering. It's Vegas, Seattle, and L.A., the top three. It's a, it's, it's a mystery, this division. Are they good? Are they bad? What's happening? Is Seattle good? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, no, <laughs> they're not. I mean, they're not this good. That's for sure. And like Martin Jones, this is a nice stretch from him. Are you expecting him to continue to win games all season long? Probably not. Not with this roster. And I think like, you know, these are important points we talked about, all, you know, every week and, and you can only play against who you're playing against. And so they have taken advantage of some really good teams that have had slow starts and they've won those games. They beat the Penguins twice. I think they beat the wild. That's a good team that had a slow start. The Avalanche, good team, slow start. The Flames, great team, slow start. And they beat those teams and they surprised them. And a lot of those teams were expected probably to, to an easy night on their schedule and, so the Kraken, I think, are just taking advantage of the situation in front of them. I think they're getting probably a little bit uh, ahead of themselves with how well they're playing. But you got to you got to hand it to them for what they've done so far. Yeah, you know, get, bringing in Burakovsky from Colorado with Stanley Cup pedigree, he's playing all right. Jaden Schwartz, he's a good player. Talk about this, Matty Beignets. You like him, Tim? You bring him up all the time. Why do you love this? He's He's quietly becoming one of your favorite players. He's joined the Hughes brothers, I believe, <laughs> in your on your wall. Oh, speaking of, before we talk about him, Isaac Lundstrom's birthday was yesterday. If you want to recognize that a little bit later. I, I talked to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're fine. So Matty Beniers was one of those four Michigan kids that was drafted, I think, in the first five picks last year remember that and so he was the captain of that team i believe and he's only 20 years old he's already played 23 nhl games and has 18 points in those games eight goals 10 assists and like no one is talking about that like this is a really really talented kid where you you would think it would be shane wright's team and he's that he's the exciting face and that's a whole other thing too because there's all this discussion about whether he belongs in the lineup whether he belongs in the nhl should he be sent down to protect the elc there's a whole bunch of drama there too, but Matty Beniers just keeps producing. He's got five goals, four assists on the year. He's a minus nine, but this is the bad team, and this is really important ice time that he's getting for his development. So, yeah, lots to be excited about with that kid. To touch on the Shane Wright situation, they should most definitely send this kid down. Send him down. I don't know if it's an attitude thing. There's a reason he wasn't drafted number one overall or number two overall or number three overall. There's a reason this kid fell to the fourth overall pick when early on in the draft process he was earmarked number one, lock it in. There's something there's something that doesn't seem right with him. He's got a little bit of an attitude. Even just looking at his profile picture, 
he's got a punchable face. He really does. Like a little, like, ah, I'm, I'm better than you. I don't know. I would send him down. Don't waste a year of his, uh, of his ELC, like you said. What's the point? He languishes on the second, third line, just gaining, picking up bad habits, getting a chip on his shoulder, just hating his situation. I want to, I should be on the first line. Send him back down. Get rid of him. Don't get rid of Matt Bernays. Beignets. How do you say his last name? No idea. Beniers? <laughs> Beignet. Beignets. Yeah. Beignet. This kid's good. This kid's got good size. He's just, he is a solid physical NHL player. I like this kid. He is going to be good. When he came in two years ago, he got a little taste of the NHL, played 10 games, like you said, nine points. No one really took note of it because Seattle was just, just, it's Seattle. It was out there. They weren't the Vegas Golden Knights, so no one paid any attention. Poor Seattle. No one pays any attention to them at all. At all. West Coast, starting three hours later, nobody cares about this team. All of a sudden, this Matty Beignets kid plays 13 games this year. He's got nine points. That is not an outlier. That is not something that you can just say, oh, it'll go away. This kid's almost put up a point per game to start his NHL career. Playing on the on the Seattle Kraken, who don't score a lot of goals. This kid's good. This kid is really good. If I'm this team, if I'm this GM, if I'm this coach, I am building my team around this guy. He's a second-line center right now. He will be the first-line center in the future. This is a kid in 10 years. He could be good, Tim. I'm telling you, he's a second overall pick for a reason. This guy's going to be a very good hockey player. Are the Seattle Kraken going to be a very good team this year? I don't know. In that Pacific Division, anything can happen. Anything can happen. If Martin Jones, I like Martin Jones. I think he's a very good goaltender. It. Just, how much does it just call to how good Colorado was that Grubauer is just tanking in Seattle? Not even a little bit. He has, if you look at his stats, it was good, good, good in Colorado, goes to Seattle, and a completely different goaltender. That speaks volumes to me about how easy it was to play in Colorado. It does. And you look at Darcy Kempfer in Washington right now. Same situation happening. Darcy's better than Grubauer. But Martin Jones goes to Seattle, displaces Grubauer, who had no business signing that big deal. And he's playing great hockey. Playing great hockey. Finally, (laughs) just got rid of the San Jose debacle. Now he's in Seattle. Not a lot of pressure. And he's playing well. I think Seattle, Tim, I'm not going to write them off. I think at the end of the year, they'll be in the mix for a playoff spot in that just awful, awful Pacific division. Edmonton and Calgary, what's going on with them? Uh, I don't know. But yeah, I, it's it's a feel-good story, the Seattle Kraken. All, how many fans do you think they have, legit fans, in Seattle? Uh, uh, 10,000. 10,000. All right. All those Kraken fans, listen to me right now. I'm going to save you some money. Go down to the wharf, get yourself some salmon. I saw the the videos when they were doing the draft this year. It was very fun. It was very fun watching the the salmon being thrown in the in the fish market. You just DoorDash. Don't even go down to the fish market. Get somebody to go and pick up a nice nice Atlantic salmon. Would that be a Pacific salmon? I would imagine, unless they swam around. Go get some Pacific salmon. Use DoorDash. Use promo code GlovesDDUS. And get yourself some yummy salmon, everybody, and save some money. 25% off free delivery if you use our promo code. That's GlovesDDUS if you're in the continental United States. And it's just GlovesDD if you're in Canada. So get some good salmon out west, too, in Vancouver, just up the road from Seattle. 
So do yourself a favor, help us out, help yourself out. Use DoorDash, promo code GloVesDDUS if you're in the US of A. Promo code GloVesDD if you're in Canada. All right, Tim. We got some naughty players out there. Some guys who were not obeying the rules. And it was interesting that they got the same amount of games for what happened. Because in my eyes, completely different suspensions. Break down the two suspensions that just got doled out by the Department of Player Safety this past week. Yeah, the first one was on Josh Anderson in Montreal, where he was basically predatory. He was out there hunting, and he took out Petrangelo from behind in front of the Vegas Golden Knights bench. They're up in arms. There's a scrap. They respond right away. Luckily, Petrangelo is fine. He gets right up and joins the, the melee, but... That was an ugly, ugly hit from them. And even like the Canadians, you know, Twitter and everything was, was saying this is bad. So I was surprised it wasn't more games because that was a pretty malicious hit from behind on a defensive player. Yeah. When it's at full speed, you can see Peter Angelo moves at the last second. But yeah, you got to be in control of your body, Josh Anderson. I don't know what you're doing. What makes it worse is he's so big. And so strong. Like, you can see when he hits him, he just goes flying into the boards. Thank goodness Peter Angelo jumps right up. And just the the best part of the video is the response from the Vegas Golden Knights. Everybody on the whole team stopped what they are doing and just wanted to kill Josh Anderson. Absolutely murder him. It just got me thinking, would this have happened on another on another team? That A team that I don't want to mention, if one of their star players gets hit from behind... The passion, just the outrage, the guttural, primoral, just you hit my captain. Now you must die. And I loved it. Even Peter Angelo got up and just started starting lawnmower on him. It was fantastic. So he gets two games for that. Light, Tim, do you think it should have been more or just right on? I think it could have been more. I mean, maybe three or four. Two seemed light, but I'm glad that he did get suspended. It was a pretty bad hit. I agree. He should have been suspended. Two games seems okay because it wasn't in – he was tracking the puck. It's not like he was coming from across the ice. He was tracking the same line as Peter Angelo. Peter Angelo kind of slows up and he hits him. Two games is fine. Moving on. Matthew Kachuk, everyone's favorite pest. Brother to friend of the show, Brady Kachuk. Pokes someone in the eye. I think this is the first time I've ever seen this suspension in my life. Two games for poking someone in the eye. A very inconspicuous play. Jonathan Quick smothers the puck. I think there's 30-some seconds left in the game. Florida's down 5-4, so they have the empty net. Quick smothers it. He's just gathering himself. The whistle's blown. Kachuk's on the side of the net. I'm sure you've all seen it. And he just tweaks his stick a little bit, rolls his wrists. So the tip of his blade of a stick pokes Jonathan Quick in the eye. I don't know if it touched skin. I don't know how far it went through his mask. Jonathan Quick goes down like he's been shot, holds his eye. Everybody is just confused. What's happening? Kachuk gets a two-game suspension for poking Jonathan Quick in the eye with his stick. What do you think about this one? So I watched the video, and it took me like four or five watches to realize what had happened because I'm like, I kept waiting for it, and then the video was over. I'm like, wait, when, where was it? When did I – I didn't see it. And then I finally saw it, and I'm like, yeah, that's – it's just one of those – it's not dangerous the same way that um, Josh Anderson's hit was, although I guess you can make the case that what if he had actually poked his eye out or something. But it was just a stupid a stupid play from a player that sometimes has trouble controlling those urges. And so, 
Yeah, I don't know about a suspension. I think maybe a major. I think maybe one game to send a message. Two seemed a little strong. Maybe it has something to do with his reputation or just maybe there was a conversation where he was sort of teetering the line all night and the refs had warned him and said, okay, this is what you get. But I don't know. What do you think of it? I just shake my head. I'm just like, why? What is the purpose of doing this if you're Matthew Kachuk? I, I don't – I don't know. And that's where players, everybody's different. And and there must be an end game for him. Maybe he's trying to get under John, Jonathan Quick's skin. I don't know. But you're the Florida Panthers. This will be the only time you play the LA Kings. You need to just stay on the ice. You, do you think by tapping him in the helmet, it's going to throw him off his game for the last 30-some seconds of the game? It doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't. I don't get it. I think he should have been teed up for more than this. It's just so egregious, so unnecessary. It's not a part of the game. It doesn't belong there. There's no rhyme or reason for it. Give him five. You know what I mean? Give him five games. It's just stuff like that. It's not hockey. It is not hockey at all. So I, I would throw five at him. Just be like, don't be stupid. I'd give him two for the poke and three for just for being dumb. This is not hockey, Matthew. You don't stick people in the face just to get them off the game or just just to be annoying just because you're Matthew Kachuk and you're a little pest. It's it, I, I didn't like it. I think it's just, yeah, it didn't sit well with me. So I would have given him five. It's a, it's a pointless play. It's an, yeah. It's, there's nothing that comes from this at all. It's not in the first period when Quickie's seeing the puck and you're trying to get under his skin and, you know, rattle him. It, 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 the game's almost over. It, it penalizes your team even more. Did he get a penalty on the play? I think he did. He should have if he didn't. But yeah, it's stupid. It's it's a dumb play from a player who is just not even slowly becoming this player. He is that player. It's 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 a suspension for a player who does this all the time. So yes, give him five. Two is nothing to him. I, I would have given him five. All right, moving on. Bet I've been in a negative mood uh, today. I don't like it. Not on the Monday. All right, Tim. Bet US. How did we do on Friday? Oh, uh, we lost yet again. <laughs> it, here's what happens. I I I make individual bets where I pick one team and one over under and I win, I win like seven bucks. I bet ten, win seven, or like bet twenty, win fifteen. And it's small. And then I went yeah. do a parlay and I hit four out of five, so I lose everything. Or I feel really good about one thing that I put a hundred bucks on and then I lose. I thought that. you went heavy on the avalanche. Uh, no, I, I did win, but I'm not, I didn't go heavy on him. Um, you told me you were going to bet the whole kit and caboot on the avalanche. I was you thinking about to. it. I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. And then I bet on the, um, blue jackets on the, on game two, cause I thought they'd even oh. it out, especially with line a and wanted the chance to, to win in Finland. But yeah, they lost that game even worse. I think so Four to one. Yeah. It was even worse. Yeah. Yeah. But Monday new week, clean slate. It is. I have. I got two two picks that I got lined up for tonight. I got only the three Cap- games. Yep. The Caps and Oilers are playing each other. I like the over in that game. It's going to be a Wild West shootout. I think that's an easy over pick. And then I'm going to go with a parlay for all three games. I like the Flames. I like the Bruins. And I like the Oilers. I think they're all favorited. But even still, I, I think those are three three good picks for the night. They are all favorites. But boy, are they playing teams that are good teams. The Flames are playing the Islanders. Any given night, the Islanders can show up and beat anybody. They have that potential. They are very Sorokin, good. so good, too. Team. Yeah. And the Blues are playing the Bruins. The Blues, I can't wrap my head around this team. 
They they can't score. Bennington's losing his mind daily. But for whatever reason, they scare me. They can just fr- turn it on at any given second. I don't know why, but they scare me. And then the Capitals. Ovi can't stop scoring. He just set the record for most goals for a franchise. Good for him. I think he's got 787 or something just past Gordie Howe. Good for him. Put some, is he third? Third or something? I just did the math. He has to do 36 goals on average for the course of his contract to beat Wayne Gretzky. He can do that. Not going to do it. Oh, he can do that. Not going to do it. Okay. Not going to do it. Oh, do you want to bet on that? Side bet from BetUS. We'll talk later. <laughs> I like to do I like to do all the games. I like to do all the bets. I like to go overs and unders. I like to parlay. It's just fun for me. And I put a little more skin in the game than Tim does. So when I win, I win more. But when I lose, I lose more. But like you said, Flames, Islanders. I'm going to go with money line this time. So the Islanders are getting a goal and a half. I'm taking the Islanders. I think if the Flames do win, It'll be by one, obviously. That's why I'm taking the Islanders on the money line. St. Louis versus the Bruins. What's the goaltender situation for Saint for the Bruins, Tim? Is Swayman back? No. Allmark's, Allmark's the guy. I don't know who's starting tonight, though, because Kincaid's up from Providence. He I'm might taking, get to start. I'm taking the Blues. Money line. They're getting a goal and a half. I'm going to take the Blues. Washington, Edmonton. Edmonton has just been struggling so much of late, but so has Washington. It's such a weird game. I'm going all underdogs. I'm going for it. I'm going Washington, St. Louis, Islanders, and I'm going over. Total amounts of goals is 19 total. So I think Edmonton, Washington, like you said, in itself, they'll they'll put up 10, maybe 12. So the other game just have to get four each, and then I'll be fine. I'm not going to do the home goals. I'm going to stay away from the parlay because I know one of these guys won't hit. I just got that feeling, and I think it's going to be the Bruins. I think the Bruins will win, but I'm going to go against the grain on this one, go all underdogs, and I'm hammering the over. That's all. That's all, Bet US. You got any quick hits, Tim? We've been promising. We've been promising to talk about the Leafs. So let's just get to it. They're in a little bit of a sticky situation. I was hoping we were going to have a coaching change Monday last week. I said Keith would be gone. They go out and rip three wins on the board, beating good teams, Philadelphia, Carolina, Bruins. Boston, yep. 3-0. Back, just flying. But some very bad news if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan or a Toronto Maple Leafs player. They're starting goaltender. Well, they're backup. Now they're starter because they're backup. Their starter's hurt. Samsonov on the IR with a knee injury. Scary injury. Brad Marchand deked him out of his jock, bent his knee the wrong way. Now he's out. Now they're rolling with their third and fourth or fifth string goalies. I don't even know. They got Eric Hallgreen. Everybody knows about him. And some dude named Petruzielli. What are we doing if Toronto, if it comes back and Samsonov is just nowhere near his timetable is weeks away. What 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 is the options in Toronto, Tim? Okay, here's here's the full the full story. So Calgren okay. is is now their guy until such time as someone else comes back. But he, he had a big win uh last night or two nights ago. So he's been playing pretty well. And then Petrozelli's he's six and zero down in, in uh with the Marlies. He's just signed his first NHL contract, and there's a cool video of him getting the news in front of the guys, which is always fun to watch. He'll get the call up. I'm sure he's getting a start this week or two. 
And like you said, they're the third and fifth goalies in the depth chart. But here's the kicker. They've won three in a row, and Matt Murray is ahead of schedule. Where he start, I think he's practicing with the team today in regular jersey. And so I don't know how close he is to turning to a game, but he's ahead of schedule. So I think he could be back in the net within a week or two. And then um, we don't know about Samsonov yet. It's, it says knee injury. There's no timetable. Hopefully it's on the, you know, the low end for them. And they all of a sudden they have too many goalies and they have a problem. But um, right now, yeah, questionable, but they have won three in a row and they bought themselves some, some rope, I think. So I think they'll be fine. Is everybody banking on Matt Murray to come back and just be that guy he was four years ago? I don't know. That's <laughs> just funny. But anyways, hopefully, hopefully we get everybody healthy and we'll really see who the Toronto Maple Leafs are. All right. What else are we doing? Kirby Doc, friend of the show. He's starting to get hot, Tim. What is he doing in Montreal? Well, they gave him a shot in the first line with Suzuki and Caulfield, and all three of them have been clicking like crazy. And Kirby Doc, I think, is hopefully knock on wood getting his breakout, you know, season coming right now because in the four games that he's been skating with those guys, he's got a goal and six assists for seven points, including a game where he had three assists. And so, yeah, really excited to see him. I know he's gotten a little bit of heat and criticism. The, the Canadian fan base seems to like him and now getting a shot on the top line with that young talent. I mean, is there a younger top line in the league than those three guys who are also producing? I can't think of any. I would say they probably take the cake. That's young. They're all under 22. So that's yeah. interesting. 23? 24, yeah. Suzuki 28, might be a little older. 30. They're all under 30. <laughs> they're all in the NHL. Yeah, so. they're all good. They all have uh, numbers on their back of their jerseys. But no, good for Kirby. I like that. He's away from his natural center position, which is interesting. Playing right wing. I don't know when's the last time he played that, but playing good. Get a big body on that line with Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield. Oh, man. Imagine if he played well and then he just took the C from Suzuki. <laughs> that would be inc- He's over 6'3". You got to give it to him. He's he's such a good player. But yeah, good for Kirby Doc. Good for the Montreal Canadiens. Not so good for the Toronto Maple Leafs in the grand scheme of things when your goaltenders are all hurt, but we'll figure that out next episode, everybody. I hope everybody has a good week. We'll talk to you Wednesday. Cheers. Oh, we got a guest. Forgot about that. Interview on Wednesday. Talk to you on Wednesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.